going in now. Everybody's doing it tonight on the Push to Shout podcast. Doing Starring what? two bullet. Well, well, they're all just getting down from their high after consuming our new content. Because we both made new content. Sure and, did. God, I feel so alive. I feel like I could take on the world. I could uh, run. Eh? No! Okay. I looped back because I had it open. So immediately I just got brought back to Earth there. Uh, welcome to You'll never show. learn. I never will. But I think that's part of the charm, is how terrible it is. Uh, I got a new microphone, too. You can see it see here. That. It might fuck up at some point. But uh, if it doesn't, that would be really cool. But I've noticed... it the right way. Am I? You know, a lot of people, What's they the get right those way? Mics, well, a lot of people get those mics and they point it directly towards them, which is apparently not where the like receiver this. actually... <laughs> well, no, I mean... That's the correct side, but doing it from directly from where it's pointing is apparently the wrong way to do it. You mean to do know. it from the I don't top? Know anything about this shit? Yeah, like like people will point it at them. Oh oh, yeah. It's like, um at a slant, but it's not pointed it's the directly same, at you. It's the same mic pattern. I forget what they actually call it, but it's a cardioid shape. So it yeah. kind of balloons out in a little butt or a heart shape at the front of the mic. Uh, I like it. It's pretty cool and. It's the first mic I've ever owned that is not USB. This is an XLR mic that is plugged into a XLR to USB interface. So there's like a device there in the middle. And it's kind of great because I can see this little colored circle that lights up different colors depending on if my mic is like peaking or something. It tells uh, you when you're hot? It does. We're, we're running hot! I'm always we're running hot. hot! I'm always running hot. Yes, this is a very hot cast. And we got some hot guests, like Hot Skip. Skippy, what did you do with your hot self? When have I ever, when have I ever not been <laughs> on this podcast? Um, actually, there was one that I wasn't on. That was thirty-two point five yes, or something. Yes, there was. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I'm the guest here. So if anything, you're the guest. I'll defer to you. you. What you take, take it away. Tell us uh, something. Well, this week I've been, I've been uh, playing some games. I've been watching some movies. You want to hear about that? I do, actually. I have done very little myself. Um, so, yeah. A- anything to fill the Except air. making that video. That's true. Yeah, I, I do want to talk about that. I also fun. wrote an article, and then you one-upped me on the same day by putting out a, vi- a video. I thought, like, God, this would probably Unrelated. be a good video, but Unrelated. I'm not. I'm too lazy to make a video out of it, so I just wrote it. Uh, and plus, I wanted to get it out really quick, or else I would never finish it. Yes, that was um, a major, very real problem. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, but I've also just been wasting my time on video games, uh, such as Civ Five. Uh, yeah, I saw you playing that. Civ Six is coming out, or is already out. I'm not sure. I think um, it. Wait, is it? I, I, I think I'm I heard part- a similar thing that it like was already out, and I hadn't heard about it. That was surprised I'm me. I'm probably gonna hold off on buying it either way because that's what you do with Civ games. You wait for them to come out with the expansion packs, and then you buy them on sale. Twenty first, it comes out. Anyway, go on. Um, and so I've been playing Civ Five because I've got that itch after I've seen it discussed and stuff like that. And uh, I'm getting my ass handed to me by a bunch of AI. It's not good. Uh, it's a little bit embarrassing. 
Now, because like the first time I ever played Civ Five, I think I put it on normal difficulty or the the difficulty lower to that, um, and I never finished the game, but I, I I was fine. Like it got to the point where there were two big nations, me and another big nation, and we had absorbed all the other ones, and we were just fighting each other. And I got kind of got burnt out on it and stopped playing. And then when I picked it up this week, uh, I put it on normal difficulty and just got my ass handed to me. Got completely destroyed. Like yeah, you kind of need a plan going in. If you're if you're playing you on a normal difficulty or above, you need a a rough sketch of okay, how am I going to play the long con of this match? You also, I've learned, need to pay attention each turn to what you're actually doing and the effects of it because. I was wasting so much shit. I was like, I was just, I mean, I'm not going to go into the details of it, but I was producing things I didn't need to produce that just costed me money and, and founding cities where I shouldn't have and just all these newbie mistakes because I'm not very experienced with the game. And, uh, and I thought I was doing really well until the empire next to me just suddenly surrounded one of my cities instantly and destroyed it and, I ended up fighting them back enough to like destroy them and then realized I was way behind like culturally, technologically, everything yeah. to, to all the other empires because they hadn't been fucking around while I have been just war just in really that game efficiently working and warring with this fact faction that didn't even matter. War in that game grinds everything else to a halt. In, exactly. in some ways that's kind of good because you don't it's want great. it to just it's turn realistic. into, well, yeah, yeah. Well, not really though, because there's really not that much innovation that happens in wars in Civ Five. Like normally, war kind of spurs on accelerated well, technological sure. yeah. growth, but in Civ, everything kind of stops, and you're just stuck warring until the war ends. And in the meantime, you have more military units, which then cost more to maintain. So all productivity, all happiness, everywhere goes down, and there's really no, like the gains from war are purely military and and like geographically yeah. strategic. Of claiming territory there's a time for it and and you have to sometimes you have to get lucky because like i tried up i tried it up again on an easier difficulty just to like fuck around and uh very very early on the empire next to me just had a way bigger army than me and just started surrounding me and then i got picked on by the empire on the other side of me so i was fighting on two fronts and it was just like well this sucks uh so there's definitely a matter of luck of like if you just get stuck between two really war-mongering nations, then you're just fucked. Uh, yes. I mean, I'm sure there's ways around it. It's Civ, but I'm too much of a newbie to know how to do that shit. But now, I'm still really enjoying it. Um, that game, I was just recently... I say recently. It was like three or four weeks ago. Recent enough. I was doing multiplayer Civ Five, And yep. that is such a mixed bag. <laughs> because on the one hand, it's really fun and so cool, and the idea works... What made this match particularly cool is that we did uh, Mumble's Whisper feature. Did you ever actually use that for any oh, productive ends? Oh, you yeah, did? Yeah, okay, bad yeah. feeling. We, we used all of Mumble's feature. Like, we used positional audio and everything. Hmm. Um, Mumble's actually oh, yeah, really you cool guys, when, you, when you really explore its, its functionality. You guys, yeah, you seem like the, the crowd who really would have leveraged <laughs> everything Mumble had to offer. Yeah. Um, but here we don't really do that much. Um, and it was just so cool because we teamed up. It was just 2v2 Civ on a relatively small map in just some city-states, no AI. And we were able to, like, scheme and plan with each other while also talking shit. It's so cool. Yeah. 
the push to whisper button. And um, so, yeah, on the one hand, it's this awesome, like, backstabbing and I'm, like, inching forward with my settlers to try to claim this little piece next to your your capital and oh do you yeah. really want to go to war over that and bog down and the rest of the game like, becomes real where yeah like you can actually that's the most important things thing. that are more abstract the most um, important thing especially yeah. and this is the essential feature that you need the option that you need if you're going to play multiplayer civ you have to set the resource distribution to strategic because that it changes the whole game honestly it means that some people have no iron near them at all Right. And other people have no horses near them at all or very little food. And it becomes like an actual necessity to either trade with your allies or to take over territory. Like, yeah. it, you need that incentive underpinning the game. Anyway, so that's all cool. Like, multiplayer Civ Five, some of the... It's a very, very cool experience. But I have never finished a game. No. Because, oh my god, how could you ever... It takes, like, it's rare for us to even progress out of the ancient age when we play multiplayer save. <laughs> I mean, because that... well out of the ancient age, but not further than that. If you're playing with a strict timer and you really have all night to play, then you can get, like, medieval going on colonial if you really yeah. are barreling through. But, um, yeah, that was not so much the case we played, and it's not so much the case most times that I've tried doing that. Uh, it yeah. just takes so long, especially if war starts. That's the worst part about it, I'd say. Like, you would <laughs> yeah. want, ideally, you would want the multiplayer war to be as interesting as all the other multiplayer diplomacy, which, you know, the multiplayer diplomacy is way more interesting than anything in the single player game, I think. Um, of course. But the war is absolute misery, and not just for the people participating in the war, but for everyone in the game, because it changes the timer system now so that the the warring players have to take turns one after another normally you can kind of move around the map all at the same time and uh once you run out of moves then the turn ends but if you're at war then the turns have to be sequential that way yeah yeah. so it it introduces this absolutely miserable time stop every single turn and if you're not involved in the war, it's even worse because your turn is done in like three seconds and then two players who, God, you couldn't give a shit about what they're fighting about, they're now <laughs> consuming 99% of the game time yeah. and they're not even having fun because they're just building units for like 20 turns and sending them at each other to die. It can get real bad. So yeah. I don't think... I'm not sure. If you turn off Domination Victory... I think you can still go to war. Yeah, you oh, must be able yeah. to, yeah. Because war's still like an integral part of it, where like if they have resources you right, want right. and you can't trade for them, then you're going to war. Um, I think then you so. would have to, if you really wanted a viable game of multiplayer Civ, you'd need to turn Domination off if you want it to end in a reasonable time frame. I guess. They changed Domination with the one of their DLCs, where initially it was uh, you just have to be the last surviving capital city. But now it's like you actually have to take over everyone else's capital cities, which so it makes sucks. it way, way, way harder. Um, and so I think that kind of disincentivizes it a little bit, like for people to actually go for that victory state. But um, I mean, it's yeah, always the I, most miserable to go for. It's awesome. The idea of that multiplayer is awesome, and it's fun while it lasts. But but it's nobody actually plays that game for the multiplayer. Like I've never known anyone who like actually 
plays multiplayer Civ on a regular basis or anything. Like they've tried it and then they go to the single player. Um, it really is a single player game, even though it sounds perfect for multiplayer and it's a board game, of course, but it's so hard to keep the games going. And like you said, the tedium of it is too much. It is, but still, um, I, I don't play Civ except for the multiplayer. Like I'll I'm, fire it up once in a blue moon and stuff. do the multiplayer now. Um, I'm enjoying it. So I I'll probably know. get it's, six, but not when it comes out. The thing about it is, like, you can put on a podcast or a video or something. That is true. It's a perfect game for that. So you can um, kind of like have something on in the background and just yeah. chill out. Yeah, it does have that going for it. Very relaxing game, yeah, especially with game. the uh, uh, the music. The music in that game. Oh, I turn the music off. I know, but uh, <laughs> like I do too, really. But if I forget to, it is it fits well. Yeah. It's very subdued. Well, like Civ Six. Uh, has some really good not only music but um they've gotten like professional actors and st- like they have sean bean doing uh, the narration because it's cool it's sean I, bean, okay of course right. but money well Game spent Thrones, uh, man ah, they probably have more money than they need to make another civ game you know okay. all right. what else Fair are they gonna spend it on <laughs> um, plus they get all that money from those uh, dlcs and expansions yeah uh I mean, and that's a very popular... I, Civ is, like, I think a more mainstream game than people realize, too. Like, I think a lot of people's only experience with PC gaming is Civ, in a lot of cases. Um, next to, like, World of Warcraft that and stuff. Was, but. That was actually one of my first experiences with PC gaming. My there older cousin, he had... Uh, I, I'm, this might not be a real game, because I've tried Googling this before, and it didn't quite work out. But I think it was, like, a spin-off of Civ... Anyway, the way I remember it called is Civilization Two: Call to Power. But just know I have not been able to find the game by that title. <laughs> um, I found two games, okay. Civilization Two and Call to Power. Uh, anyway, he had played the shit out of that game. I was maybe four years younger than him, so he was the cool cousin guy. And uh, he had mastered that game and had just started messing around with like the cheat codes. And that was the first time I'd ever seen a game like that, like the city civilization management thing. And so I'm just yeah. seeing him spawn in like a bunch of nukes and change everyone's like ideology to democracy or totalitarianism just by clicking stuff in a menu. And that was so cool. It was like, oh my God, what are you doing? This is not, you're not controlling a person. You're, you're making decisions about the destiny of nations. It's <laughs> whoa. Yeah. It's pretty mind blowing. I, I um have you ever played a uh war game? War game, no. Um it's not like Civ. It's a it's a real time strategy game, but I was thinking about it recently while playing Civ because I was thinking about like how my mind would have been blown as a kid. I loved Command and Conquer as a kid. And it was it's you know, it that's 2D sprites like red alert sprites on a 2D background, very simplistic, but it was like the scale of it was awesome to me, and I, I loved like how you're actually controlling a whole army. And uh, War Games is a real-time strategy game, but it's it <laughs> it's all about like I don't know. I guess it's all about micromanagement in a way. It's very realistic, and so like the units have individual weapons that they use and ammo and stuff like that. Like you have logistics trucks and just all sorts. Of, like it's actually trying to simulate a, a battlefield in in some ways, um, and. It's a little too much for me to take in, but it's kind of fun at a on a shallow level. But uh, also, its multiplayer is actually viable. But um, I was thinking how mind blowing it would be like to have that level of depth as a kid and like see the graphics and everything in full three D. 
It's crazy, man. We live in the future. We that's, do. That's that's it. Speaking of the future and Battlefield, I've played more Battlefield Four. I have nothing to say about it. It's that game's fine. Whatever. Um, now one of the movies that I've seen. Uh, Sicario. Sicario. Have you ever seen Sicario? No, I've only heard the name. Don't know anything. Yeah, I've I've heard some people talking about it and stuff. People seem to like it. Uh, I didn't know much about it even going in. I didn't really know anything about it. What is um, it? What's what's the premise? It is it is, uh, a she's not FBI, maybe DEA. I don't know. What some field agent, uh, is working in like South Texas or something. Uh, fighting the cartel, you know, like busting their safe houses and that kind of thing. And she gets recruited by 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 people who claim to be the Department of Defense uh, to go on a special mission. And they take her into Mexico, and they're transporting this guy out of prison in Mexico uh, back across the border. And while they're coming back across the border, the uh, the cartel tries to intercept them and steal the guy back or execute him or something like that. And they get into like this firefight on the Mexican border and it's like an international incident. And she's go, she's kind of freaking out because like they didn't tell her that any of this stuff would happen. Anyway, turns out she's, she's been swept into this crazy international conspiracy plot with like the CIA trying to like influence cartels and stuff like that. Uh, kind of your standard, story really but it's so well shot so well directed it's it's really really the suspense the whole movie is super super suspenseful uh like you know in breaking bad when it shows just like shots of the desert oh yeah yeah. and just like you're overcome with this dread Uh and like existentialism it's it's that it's that put in the movie and um and it it sees these action scenes where like nine percent of it that has action in it is just the build-up to the action and it's awesome it's fantastic uh i cannot recommend that movie more i I, at first i was a little bit turned off from it because it has a really the main character the girl is not your typical protagonist in that she is she's not really privy to anything that's going on she's kind of weak and gets pushed around the whole time and uh, just doesn't really like show any. She makes a lot of naive mistakes where you're like, "Come on, what are you doing?" And uh, at first, like that kind of like rattled me, and I was kind of like, oh. "It was frustrating to watch the movie and like have it centered around this character who's totally unrelatable and and unlikable, really." Uh, but then, like, I started thinking about it, and the next day, I was thinking more about it, and I was I was thinking like, "That's actually." really clever what they did um they made it feel like like she was helpless against this larger battle that that nobody could change that no individual could influence to real to any real degree it's just like changing power from one hand to the next and that's part of that you know dreadful and suspenseful atmosphere of it uh it's good i'm gonna watch it again um and i i highly highly recommend it uh I also, on the same night, actually, this was a heavy night for me. Apocalypse Now. I finally got around oh, to watching Apocalypse Now. I haven't seen it yet, but I, I've been meaning <sighs> to for months. Like, have that is on my darkness? short list. No, I had not. 
You might want to read Heart of Darkness first, just to like get the <laughs> I, I really get the am feel of like movie. what it's trying to say to you. Like it's boy, this movie it's a it's an epic. You know, it's like 2001: A Space Odyssey. That's what it's I've in heard. that league of that like really is. long and slow and brooding. Um, it was good. I liked it a lot. It was really really good. Um, and and it mad. it's just. God, that's a that's a hell of a movie, man. It that's one that I would want. Like movies like that, I prefer to watch for the first time, like not on my computer. I really like to set that up on a big screen. Yeah, Yeah. and you want to be comfortable because you're you gotta you're in it for the long haul. I mean, it's it's how long is it? Two hours, two and a half hours, I think is which I've seen longer. Um, but if you watch like the uncut version, I think it's three hours and 15 minutes, Christ. but I've heard you want to watch the cut version. Um, it's good. I don't know. I, I, I can't say much about it to someone who hasn't seen it because it's kind of like you're trying to explain this really weird thing that can't even like compare it to stuff. Like I would compare it to 2001, a space odyssey. It's, it's 2001, a space odyssey in Vietnam. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's good. Uh, and other than that, I don't think I really have anything about it. We did play Halo Five Forge. We did after the last after the last stream. Yes, we did, and, and I've been. It's pretty cool. I've been playing some more of that also without you, and um, it's it's. I'm glad that game's on PC, and I'm glad I didn't have to pay anything for it because yeah. it is kind of janky, especially in the menus that just will sometimes not work for no reason, but. It's yeah, just, it's just so cool that I I wouldn't have expected this to be in the cards anytime soon. Really, uh, it kind of came out of nowhere, and it's fun. It I is get... fun. It, it, I, I what I'm frustrated with about I'm talking not about Forge. I'm talking about Microsoft. Um, okay, the whole Windows stuff, the ports from Xbox. What do they call it? Play Anywhere. Yeah. Now I've experienced two different games on that platform, and I'm just not impressed. Uh, so, I'm glad that they're going for it, but it seems like they're really falling short. Um, what we talked about, I think, someone pointed it out to either me or both of us. I think we talked about it briefly, but why it's that way? Did we talk about this already? I don't want to reach out to briefly. I don't know. I, whatever, I'll, I'll say it anyway. Um, the goal was to make it so that you can make something on the Xbox One and not change it at all. You don't have to do anything else to it, and just it works on PC. That's the the framework they're trying to make. So I I sort of can understand a little better than I did why it is the way it is. Like, it is not a PC port. It is the same Xbox code, exactly. Yeah, I I I guess that is a good explanation for it, because I noticed... When I was trying to stream Forza, I was trying to figure out where the hell the program was installed. Uh, <laughs> and that sent me on an adventure where, into the where was System it? 32 fucking It's folder. in there? <laughs> yes. What? Wait, but what if you don't install it to your C drive? Does it still put stuff in the no, system? No, it makes, you, it makes you install it to your C drive. I, you don't get an option. No, I got an option. Uh, which is another issue I have. I got an option. You didn't get an option I with did. Forge? Didn't yeah. give me an option with Forza. No, I heard people. Maybe Forge isn't installed the same pe- way. No, people know. said it was this. People encountered the same problem on our mobile. 
Like, they tried to do it, and it wouldn't let them. And they had to do it in a certain way to let it... Like, it's so strange. But you definitely can pick where you install it. I, I installed I mine know. on my on my uh, four terabyte drive, so it's not on my I mean, C drive. I I was looking for. I think what I did was I followed the path to the game from um, from the the GeForce Experience panel, and I copied the the link to that path and and pasted it into Windows Explorer, and it sent me into like I had to get like admin privileges Amazing. and it, like warned me everything, and I was like, Amazing. holy shit a video game uh and so you can't add it to steam you can't uh do any of that like you just have to launch it through through windows and it won't it's not not only does it not show up on the fucking volume thing it Make doesn't sure. show up on 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 uh on obs or i don't know you it's can't crazy. make it pick it's, up on obs at all you need to do I, like I monitor or window capture yeah i had to do i had to do window capture um it was not cool but uh, the I had to install a third-party program through the Windows Play Store to get it to fucking work. I'm just to get the 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 sound to work. I didn't get OBS to work, so kind of crazy. But um, yeah, I don't know. Halo Halo Five Forge is cool. I'm glad it's free because I don't think I'll play that much of it. But it's kind of fun to fuck around in. Um, and if you if you if you have that Halo Five multiplayer itch, like that'll definitely scratch it. Like it's it's Halo Five. Um. Yeah, uh, and it's it's a lot more fun to play mechanically than I expected because I had seen lots of Call of Duty stuff. One, you can turn all that off, which is nice, but it doesn't all feel out of place. The sprinting is kind of bad, but I don't know. Hovering in midair when you aim down the sights that is at least better than just adding aim down the sights. Uh, yeah, I, don't I think know. it bothers me less because it's on PC. It, it, playing yeah, with a mouse yeah. and keyboard, it already doesn't feel like Halo. That's true. So those additions feel fine because it's like, okay, this is this is a game that's like Halo, <laughs> and it's I'm playing it on the PC, and and so those those changes don't bother me as much. But but boy, I don't know. They they and those aren't the only questionable decisions they've made. Like not only do I hate sprinting game down sites, and they represent everything I don't want from a game that isn't Call of Duty. Uh, they did some really bizarre stuff like like weapon spawns maybe this was halo 4 and they fixed it in halo 5 but i don't think so i think it's still this way weapon spawns an arena based shooter where you spawn with a set loadout of weapons and you have to pick up the good shit but the good shit spawns randomly uh now i'm sure in the forge maps well sure in the forge maps you can set it but i'm talking about just base halo 5 multiplayer Mm. that that's the that's a decision that they made to make it random which makes maps pointless like the whole like a huge strategy in arena shooters is is weapon pickups definitely like in valhalla halo 3 there's a spartan laser at the center of the map who's gonna launch over to it and grab it it changes so much about it and like where the sniper perks are perches are and stuff like that uh and so it's that's an insane decision and and then they have like burn cards for Halo Five multiplayer, where like you had to burn a card to get a vehicle, and then you can use a microtransaction to get more of them. And awesome, just a bunch of bullshit like that. Uh, and they kind of made it like a MOBA mode almost without the creeps. It, it's just, it's weird, uh, and it's not Halo. And I don't know. I think I think by this point, like people kind of realize that. Like I I, I don't know anyone who's still into Halo. 
uh, yeah. <laughs> Nobody I know plays the... it regularly. Exactly. Like I, I, it, it died at Halo Three. Maybe Halo Reach. Some people got into. I don't know. But but three to me was like the last. Oh yeah. Good Halo game. I mean, the Reach was fine, but like that's the one that three is the one that people play. It was. It was um, the end. That was the. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I don't know. That's kind of sad. I, I've heard good things about the newest Gears of War, at least, um, which is kind of surprising. Um, apparently, that's a good game. I've heard nothing. I'm not going to play it. it probably, but apparently, it's good. The, the campaign's decent, and the multiplayer's what people want from a Gears multiplayer game, I guess. Um, I don't know how it. I'd be interested in seeing how it runs on PC, though. I, I haven't heard anything about that, but like. With the, I mean, we didn't have a ton of issues with Forge, but there's some quirkiness to it that's weird. And then Forza has some pretty serious issues. So I imagine Gears of War probably does better because it's on an engine that's, as far as I know, designed for PC. I mean, it's it's unreal, you know? That, yeah, so that is true. I, I, I would assume help. that would help. Um, but yeah, that, it's kind of a mess. I hope, I hope Xbox, I hope Microsoft goes all the way with that stuff and... What they really need to do is turn Xbox into a PC, not turn the PC into an Xbox. You know, yeah, kind of go yeah. in the wrong direction that would, right now, which is that's the better but... direction. But I get why yeah. they're coming the other side. Well, sure. I mean, they have to. They have to right. to start out. But I think you know, their next iteration of the Xbox probably needs to be closer to a PC if they want to really do this shit. Um, I think they will. I don't know. I think they are consciously trying to. I mean, the consoles are already converge, not anyway. just move PC toward the console. Yeah. yeah, but but like the PS4 is also closer to the PC apparently, so I assume that yeah. they're already moving that way. And 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 with the more and more apps that they want to add on that shit, like to make it do all sorts of stuff, you need to make it closer to a PC anyway, so that your developers can work on it. But yeah, um, good luck to them. <laughs> we salute you. Okay, well, I have really not played video games. Haven't had the time. But I started, more importantly, I know that we all care about the latest haps in the Marvel Universe. So oh, God. prepare for your Marvel update, ladies and gentlemen. Get your comic book fix, comic, fellow comic nerds. I watched Luke Cage. It's the new Netflix Marvel show. Um, like Daredevil, Jessica Jones, same universe and everything. Um, I don't... I just don't. I uh, not really much to say. It was That's how good. I feel about Marvel stuff too. It was good. Um, I will say this. Okay, so Daredevil and Jessica Jones, they're shows that I'd be kind of embarrassed to watch with somebody else, just because of how seriously they take themselves. They're that sort of show where the characters—it's not super well written. But there'll still be like scene after scene of characters like sitting in bars, like, and he and he never loved know. me, and, and it works. I don't know about it Jessica works. Jones, but I've seen Daredevil, and Marvel's usually pretty good at like inserting comic relief, yeah, which avoids the awkwardness of super serious brooding comic book shit. They, they do, but the the shows are um, much darker than the movies, yeah, and so they indulge a little more in the the brooding. And the melodrama. Luke Daredevil Cage. Too bad about that. Uh, of all the issues I had with Daredevil, that's not one of them. I didn't that's one like of my it. biggest issues with it, honestly. Really? Um, yeah. But anyway, Luke Cage does less of that than either of those two shows. 
Um, it's definitely more straightforward and fun. And a lot of that comes from the premise. He's a super-powered black guy from the hood. And um, he doesn't... Oh, the invincible guy. Yeah, yeah. Bulletproof. Yeah, yeah so yeah. he doesn't hide in the shadows and, and save the city and under the cover of darkness. He just, like, walks around and, and saves people like a superhero. Like, if somebody's getting robbed, he'll just walk in and beat up the criminals and turn their guns into Play-Doh and smush them up and say, you know, As a superhero happy to should. help, ma'am. Yeah, exactly. He's a, he's a classic superhero. And the, the Harlem setting, there's, like, the drama of the streets and the hood and the counts, corrupt councilwoman and the cops. Like, that, that all kind of worked, too. But overall, it's, there's just not all that much to it. And um, it gets pretty dumb at times, many times. Uh, yeah, there's just it's a Marvel show. Yeah, I my um my sister was trying to convince me to watch Jessica Jones recently, and I I told her like I tried Daredevil and it didn't work for me, and the Marvel movies don't usually work for me. I don't know what Jessica Jones has to offer that's going to impress me when. Marvel has so much going against it statistically. Yeah. <laughs> it's like they have to make something real different uh, for me to bother with it because it, so far it's just not, not, my, not my thing. One thing I think they were successful with is making each of these three shows feel a lot different from each other. Even though they're all directly related, they have very different styles to them. Like Daredevil is probably more like your classic crime superhero style of a story. Um, Jessica Jones is more like a crime or a mystery kind of show. And um, Luke Cage is like a, I don't know, it's like a funky little crime drama, but it's lots of 70s music and lots of black culture. Oh, it's and... 70s stuff? I mean, you said Harlem, but I assumed it was like a modern day Yeah, yeah, there's that stuff. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's a, it's a cool show. And probably the worst action or choreography of any of these three shows a lot of that's because he's super powerful and can throw people super far, well, and it's a TV budget. Like, right, Daredevil's fight choreography high, is high on bar. point, yeah. amazing, and this is certainly not. Um, but it makes up for it in other ways, like just being more just fun moment to moment to watch. Uh, one little thing I noticed, it kind of feels like there was probably a lot of white people writing for the show and trying to <laughs> write hood dialogue i know the creator of the show and the the lead writer is a black guy but there's just pretty obvious moments where it's like <laughs> they wouldn't say that for example <laughs> like sometimes a character will walk in and just be like hey what's popping <laughs> yeah on. like well it's probably also the kind of thing that's like written all by, in large part by a committee you oh, know yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like, especially like it's, because it's like, the plot is almost secondary be, to the tie-in to yeah. the next show and, and they're like what's going to be the least offensive thing to our to your casual netflix observer and like just like really stale dialogue is it's going to come with that kind of shit um, oh yeah, yeah another funny. speaking of offensive another funny thing about the show is it's inconsistent censorship uh so <clears throat> Like, characters will say the N-word and fuck all the time. But then there's a action scene set to raise the ruckus by Wu-Tang. And for some reason, they use, like, the radio-edited clean version of that song. And I have no idea why, but it's so mm. distracting. Like, I couldn't, I couldn't focus on what was happening. I was just listening. I wonder if there's, like, a licensing thing. I don't think so, because they like got... if the radio version has a different... 
No, because they got Method Man on the show, and he's like plays a character. <laughs> he plays himself on the show, okay. and he like has a lot of scenes. And clearly, Wu Tang was, you know, it's officially licensed and all that. It's. Yeah. But when you're you're watching him beat people up and it's supposed to be cool and exciting and you're hearing raise the mother mothing ruckus or I forget exactly how they edited it, but it was so obvious that it, it just stuck out like a sore thumb. That's bizarre. Yeah, it's just a yeah, it's a marvel. There was something I watched recently, um You get it? <laughs> oh marvel. shit. It was so mm-hmm. recent and I'm forgetting what it was, but they had clearly replaced the music with some kind of stock thing, and I... God, I forgot what it was. Um, fuck, it's gonna bother me now. Because it was, like, it was just, like, really jarring, where it's like, oh, I know, I know what music that's supposed to be here, and it's not that music, and it's really noticeable. Um, maybe I'll think about I it. I, 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 I know that, like, shows, uh, shows that get ported over to America are ripe with that shit. Like, there's just all sorts of songs that they that the BBC has licenses to that whatever BBC America or Netflix or whatever doesn't and so they they have to replace a huge amount of the music top gear is really bad about that but it wasn't that oh god i forgot what it was anyway go on what what else have you done what's wrong with my webcam i made a video i don't know it just it stops working um but yeah just keep doing whatever you're doing it makes it work for a couple more seconds each time uh right. i made a video we already talked about that, but I did make one, and it feels really good. I haven't made a video in a while. Would you call it masturbatory? I would. It really left me like with that, um, that burning sensation, like underneath the reptile part of your brain. There, it's like oh. Hmm. That, I thought you meant like a like kind know, of burning you know sensation. I was gonna say go to a doctor. Not a venereal situation. It's more of a. <laughs> uh. Yeah, so making that video was fun. It didn't take me that long. Um, I think part of the issue was I, I started a real job, and the video I was already procrastinating on is, like, several hours long. <clears throat> and just, like, trying to break through that, I, I don't think it would have happened. Like, that would have been indefinite. So what I like to do is just keep making small videos and continue to plug away at the larger one. I think it's easier if you stay active making things. Because um, it felt really good just to get back in the premiere timeline and drag stuff around. I mean, that is itself is fun. So Yeah. Uh, yeah. I Speaking of uh, speaking of that video, that video's content. Okay. All right. Overwatch came out with its Halloween thing today. Yes, it did. Haven't played it yet. Uh-huh. I've thought about playing Overwatch again. I it's been weeks. I'm going to play Overwatch again. Um, I wanted to play it like a couple hours ago, but I realized I didn't have it installed anymore. Uh, so yeah, but thinking about it, I, I don't do know want if to play it's still it. installed, but I'm thinking about it. I don't know. I swore it off. I just always kind of when, even though I made the video, I still don't know if this point was entirely clear in it. Uh. Like, whenever I play a game like that, Overwatch is just one example. CSGO, back when I played that. It felt really good, and uh, it's fun to play a match with your friends or play all night or whatever. But then afterwards, it's not like... It's not like Civ Five when you get some really good Civ Five multiplayer rolling, and then you kind of remember stuff, and it kind of blends together in a way that 
I don't There's like. There's just a big chunk of your day missing. Feel, yeah, it feels like, what did I do this for? Or, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's not rewarding. I'm not asking for a multiplayer game to, like, teach me a lesson about life or something. But... <laughs> But I think they you can. Know, they, well, they can, yeah. CSGO. But they can also just be, like, interesting to play. Interesting things can happen that you'll remember yeah. and they won't, you won't <laughs> see them again. I don't know. CSGO uh, kept my interest and keeps my interest because you do feel like you're learning things as you play or just getting better. You're yeah. getting, you're improving a skill. It might not be a useful skill, but it's right. It's still that feeling a, of it's a very specific is, skill, but yeah. Yeah. Um, that, that feeling of improving is, is satisfying. And it's something that I think Overwatch doesn't completely lack, especially if you're playing with people, you know, but um, that individual skill gets less and less important Definitely. as you play more and more of it. And you realize how much of that game is about, counterpicking and all that kind of shit uh and so that satisfaction is lessened in overwatch i think i it, i'm sure playing with a team is a lot more fun obviously uh but but eh, i don't know i think the like, go ahead it's hard to figure out if a game really has mechanical depth or not because it's such a vague thing to talk about but i think a rule of thumb that might be useful is is there anything in the game that you can practice or you know like csgo you can get an ak-47 you can shoot a wall and you can try to train your mouse movement to minimize the spread of the gun yeah you can practice that and get perfect at it melee any fighting game really but that's just the one i know you can grind out technical skill and movements and things like that overwatch what are you really gonna practice you can't other than like your aim with Widowmaker or something, I don't know what you can really. And even then, it's just uh, it's so one note. Uh, right. You, you aim at the head and shoot. Um, I mean, a lot of people would say that about CSGO, but they'd be wrong. But um, yeah, the the when I would lose an Overwatch match, it was always like, well, you know, we didn't have the right characters. Yeah. And. I never you get. Know, we we trickled in instead of instead of rushing in all at the same time or whatever. But like it's this it's these vague concepts that you have to work at it on a t- team level, which isn't very. You just don't get that. Especially, especially if you're not you playing with the stack of six too. Yeah. One thing I noticed about Overwatch is that I don't get as frustrated when I lose competitive games that I didn't. I started getting frustrated. I I am I can be a curmudgeon. I actually got more frustrated with Overwatch than I do in really? CSGO when I lose. It's like, I, I usually feel like I deserved the loss. No, that that's I why. I done better. That's why it frustrates me more. And it's, I know that it's like, it shouldn't, it's fair. That's sort of what I'm saying, that when I lost in CSGO, it felt like it was mean. because we failed and not yeah. just because of something vague. Like, it's easier to dismiss your losses in Overwatch, I think. Because so much is just up for grabs, like the, yeah. the chance counter pick situation it's, it's here. It's essentially or... random uh, yeah. because there's so much chaos, and we've talked about that before, like the v six nature of it and the amount of characters and the counter picks. And plus it's a so cascade of alts. To, to, yeah. Really, if if everybody on both teams has their alts, then it almost is a complete coin flip of how that six v six 
twelve alt yeah. team fight is gonna go. I mean, I don't uh, think there's any way to predict it. It's so. crazy, and, and and yeah, so I know what you mean by that being less frustrating. But for me, at first that was the case, but as I played more of it, that I switched to just frustration, where it was like, well, fuck, I couldn't do anything that game because my teammates mm -hmm. were were being stupid, definitely, and and it completely held me back, and it now it feels like I wasted that entire game. In CS:GO, you can have the worst teammates in the world, but you're playing your own game. And if you feel like you played yeah. well, even if you lost, it's like, well, at least I played well. Um, you also play it more like yeah. it's a little more like basketball, where you're playing positions. Um, everybody's kind of got the same yeah. tools. I mean, you can have an op or a rifle or something like that, but still, it's it's more about the like positional role you're trying to fill in any round. It's not like this is the slot or class that you're assuming the yeah. role of. I don't know. It seems like it definitely not, puts like, more... In Overwatch, you have to rely on your support to right. be decent or you're fucked. Or if you are a support, then you have to rely on your teammates to be decent or you're fucked. So it's like you're always relying on your teammates. There's situations like that in, in CSGO, but again, like it's so much more down to, to personal skill that it mitigates the frustration of it. Um, I don't know. I, I, both of those games have their merits. I'm not saying one's better than the other. I wouldn't say that. Um, I, I like Overwatch a lot. And I think, I think, I think if you if you get a team together, then that could be a really really cool game. But I'm not going through the amount of effort to get six people together at once to play that game. It's not worth it. I, I don't like the game enough. What I need to try, and I probably won't do it more than once, but I need to legitimately sit down and watch. Maybe not now. The game might not be ready for it yet, or mature enough on the meta level. But at some point, I need to really sit down and watch a professional. Overwatch competitive game, and I want to see. One. I want to see how a highly practiced team approaches the game, and if you can actually identify clear strategies that don't seem just out of this world dumb that they work that way. Like the, it's a good stress test of a game's yeah. like underlying mechanics. If when it's pushed to the extreme, is it still satisfying to watch and play? So I, I would like to see I'm, that. What did you see when you watched it? Well, I'm What's not. Take there? I'm not well versed in the game enough to. I wasn't well well versed enough to really follow like the strategies. Like, what are they actually doing, and why did they choose? That's the that's they what I care about. Kind of thing. Yeah, and I mean that stuff gets really complicated, and you have to have a lot of experience with the game to really know what. I mean, I know what the characters do and how they fit into a team, but we're talking about like. They're choosing their characters based on what the other team chose and vice versa. And that stuff gets really complicated. But, um, it, I, I mean, the main thing, the big difference that you notice straight away, like the very obvious, like, oh, shit, this is night and day, is that... Your, your sound went out. And you left the mumble. I'm gonna try bring it back in and say something. I don't know why that no, happened. Because um, I didn't disconnect from the internet. But anyway, um, what I was saying, uh, yeah, the night and day difference that you notice first of all, and, and that makes the biggest difference, and that I wish, I wish teams would do uh, solo queuing and that kind of thing, but there's no chance of it. Is when a, when a team loses, you know, two or three people. They, they fall back, and they wait for them to respawn, group back up, and move back in. And that's, that's the flow of the game. 
And that's a flow of the game that I'm completely unfamiliar with because I've never experienced it in online play. Um, but like, yeah, that's, that's the flow of the game is completely different. Like, like it totally changes the entire game and it looks a lot better that way because then you always have six V six matches where it, 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 you know, it's a rollover. Um, and, and it makes alts way more impactful because usually everyone's on the, the field together, you know? So, uh, that makes, that makes the game look a lot more enjoyable than it is when you're playing at a lower level and it's just like people trying in and dying. But, uh, I don't know. It, it's still the kind of game where it's just like, like watching a specific person play, you're not like, holy shit, they're so good. It's right. just like, yeah, there they go. Um, I don't I mean, know. You could see, you could look at things like Farah. You're watching a professional Farah getting lots of direct hits, or a Widowmaker getting lots of headshots. But yeah, like half or more of the characters do require precision and 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 accuracy and that kind of thing. But like, right, but the ones who don't, not... there still is probably and there must be some high level way to play it. But it's very hard to spot exact. Like if you were to watch a professional Reinhardt, I don't know if I would be able to spot in the first few matches exactly what they're doing and why no it's working there has no to be way. some pretty uh Reinhardt's complicated all about decision timing and yeah. placement you know but like that's not stuff that you can know like uh, the worst player in the world could have the right timing and placement just by luck because like it's just such a very simple True. thing they're not going to have it consistently but but like you said like we at a glance there's no way you'd be able to tell a a, a pro Reinhardt player from basically a beginner uh, <laughs> you know, it, yeah. it just Reinhardt's a lot of fun. Reinhardt was actually one of my favorite things to play because the 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 that nature of it, the timing and the and the placement and like the game of it, where like you're kind of trying to figure out what the other Reinhardt's doing and that kind of thing, is really interesting to me and and kind of boils down Overwatch to a very simple level that I enjoy. But uh, yeah, it doesn't make a very interesting match to play or anything or to watch um i don't think overwatch has a competitive future uh oh i don't I think either. it's always i think it's always going to be a casual game i think people will try to push it as a competitive thing i mean there's teams and stuff right now that are playing at tournaments but but no it'll never catch on i don't think yeah i'm just i'm just interested to see even though it won't catch on well, at that level I right yeah i was interested for the same reasons yeah um yeah so yeah, that's about all I gotta say on that. Um, I do have two things coming up that I'm very excited about. Uh, one, you'll have heard some of his music in that video, as well as a couple push chat intros. DJ Shadow, cool guy. He's gonna be okay. playing near me. I'm gonna cool. And even more exciting than that, this I've made an entire day out of. I I put in to take off of work. This Friday, months ago, just one month ago, but let's lie here, uh, to see Shin Godzilla, the new Godzilla movie directed by Hideaki Anno. You took off work I to did. see it? I did. Holy shit. Well, a uh, part yeah. of it's because I'm seeing the, the DJ the night before, and last time I went to a concert at this place on a Thursday night, I wound up getting home at like 1 a.m., and I had to wake up for yeah. work at 6, and it just sucked ass. So I just decided, you know what? I'm I'm taking that Friday afterwards off, and now that I had that time, it's like you know what Shin Godzilla's playing for one week only. I'm gonna go see it, and that is a public service announcement too. By the way, 
Shin Godzilla only playing in the States October 11th through the 18th. You gotta see it this week. It's the only time to see it. Go see Shin Godzilla. Is it gonna be really good? I have heard nothing but good things about it. Um, Rocco, I heard anything about it. Rocco and Garrett of Mega64, they got a uh, screener of it from Funimation. So they got to see it early, and they, uh, th- their treatment of it on the podcast was pretty classy. They didn't spoil anything, really. Um, but they, they absolutely loved it. They say it's almost like a live-action Evangelion. Like, you can clearly see the, the same eye is behind what you're seeing. And um, Derek made a good point on this week's podcast. He saw it at a different time than they did. Um, where a, a regular director who mainly directs in live action, he kind of gets actors together, you have a script... And then he captures that interaction, like a little more like a play. But animators who work in drawing and creating the scene that way, they don't like capture the scene. They they make it, and it's very yeah. specific. And there's not a lot of camera movement in this movie, so I've heard. Uh, it has a very distinct style, and not just distinct as in you can tell it's Anno, but distinct in that it doesn't look like most other movies, but is just a blast to to see with your eyes. So. I, I'm really excited. I am very, I very pumped and... to see this. It's playing... This is a kind of interesting limited release. It's playing almost everywhere, but only at 7 p.m. once per day. Wow. So okay. you can probably find it near you, but it's got to be at 7 p.m. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if Hateful Eight was near me, I, I, it's at least at that theater. Like, <laughs> I'm sure yeah. I'm sure there's some theater around me. Yeah. Um, all right. Cool. I'll have to look into that. I've got free time this weekend, I think. You better look into it this week, because that's the only time, and who knows when it's coming out on Blu-ray. And uh, really, anything... I would kill to be able to see one of um, the Eva movies, whether it was End of Evangelion or 1.0, 2.0, 3.0, in the theater, because that experience must have been cool. And so to do that this time, I am more excited than I should be, maybe. Maybe I'll be disappointed. But I'm not even trying to contain my, my, oh, oh God, yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, good note to end on, um, unless you have more, which you do. Uh, yes, you do. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Here's your content. There's, well, no, you know, yeah, I guess this your hap is a content. content. Um, yeah, Sorry. my hap was. I, tr- I tried to kill my, this my, prematurely. My content was based on a hap. Uh, Squadron 42 was delayed. It was announced at CitizenCon. Uh, Shocking which the is world, I think. Yeah, uh, I'm sure there were a few people in the world who thought it was coming out this year. It does say it's coming this year, even on the website to this day, as far as I'm aware. At least when I wrote know, that article, it did. If you have tens of millions of dollars lying around, really, it's you're just too busy to update your website. Yeah, uh, except for the parts that you know charge people money. Those parts get updated oh, yeah, frequently, yeah. apparently. Uh, I've been reading the Star Citizen forums as I do quite often <laughs> to see people's opinions and 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 the state of Star Citizen, and it's it it's never changes. Like going to the zoo, <laughs> it is. It, it it's it's a lot like going to the zoo. Like in that, like you're kind of excited to go in there, and you get there and you go, "This is neat," and I've it's the same as last time. Every, every <laughs> everything's doing the same thing. The lion's lying over there, and the monkeys are. Everyone. 
it's it's like a cycle i guess i don't know maybe it's not the same people i'm sure it's like because slowly a new group of people who go like wait a minute I, I, big thing that i don't come out and i'm kind of frustrated here because i've spent all this money and and i just want the game to come out now and it's being delayed and i don't see any end in sight and then people trying to reassure them by saying like, well, look, the tech demo looks hang amazing. in there hang just in hang there, in there uh it's chris roberts would never let us down yeah it's that a little chris roberts uh yeah i think so okay uh it's endearing like it's not like oh cute they they have hope uh <laughs> so they showed some gameplay uh of star citizen not squadron 42 they haven't showed any of squadron 42 they say they want a complete mission before they show it off um but they showed some star citizen they showed a guy in a spaceship flying down, landing on a planet, driving around in his planet buggy, getting shot at, uh, shooting some dudes, suffering a sandstorm, and then being attacked by a giant space worm. Um, which was all very impressive. It's, it's a really, the tech that they have built is really cool. Um, Assuming it will work that way and look that way in gameplay. Assuming, yes. I mean, it's not concept footage they were playing it and you can tell because there's some really embarrassing issues that they had like um the sandworm in the middle of this epic moment where it's about to pounce on the player shrinks <laughs> and like it just disappears and <laughs> and the and the present the presenter's kind of like oh that i've never seen that happen before that's never happened before and it was like live demo folks uh, uh but yeah, um, that game, I think it'll come out. I think it'll be a thing. I don't know if it'll work. Eventually. <laughs> you can say that a bit. Yeah. Like a, someday we will tap out the world's oil supply. Someday <laughs> the sun will expand past Mars and consume. Well, it's world. always possible that they've horribly mismanaged their money, and even with all the donations, they spend it all and go bankrupt, and the game never actually does come out. <laughs> Uh, that's that always would possible. Be absolute riot. I would yeah. kill to be able to be there day one <sighs> on the forums if they actually <sighs> announced that. There would be still some people defending it. Yes, definitely. Uh, quite a few, probably. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I would love it if that what game. I, we've said it over and over. I would love it if that game came out and delivered on its promises. Um, yeah. But boy, I feel really bad for the people who. I mean, I remember being really excited for the concept of Squadron 42 when the Kickstarter was first a thing and thinking like, God, I can't wait for that. That'd be really cool. It's a space game that I've been waiting for for years where like you can fly around in this ship with like your buddies and it's like a fighter and like you can all get in fighters and scramble and it, it sounded really cool and, and actually achievable. And then it just started making millions and millions and millions and millions and millions and millions and suddenly it was this entirely different thing and they're like well we're still coming out with the other thing we promised to begin with but we have to finish this much larger thing first basically i mean they squadron 42 is apparently going to come out before star citizen but it's relying on all of star citizens technology so until they get near the end with star citizen they can't come out with, with squadron 42 star uh, citizen will will go down in the the books as this generation's icarus God, like, 
I don't know. No Man's Sky has already gone down in the books. Well, that's for a different reason. I don't think. I guess that's not as it's not as much of an Icarus tale as much as if a. Uh... I, I tried that? really quickly to think of a scam artist or something in the <laughs> legends, but I I couldn't think of one. I'm sure he's there. Uh, I don't know. I get the sense that um that No Man's Sky. John Murray was trying. <laughs> he tried. Didn't really work out the way he wanted it to. And he was going to make a neat little game that was going to cost $20. Yeah. And then it turned into a monster. And, and he acted like it was something it wasn't because he wanted it to be something it wasn't. And everyone else wanted it to be. And he didn't know how to break it to everyone. Star I think Citizen. that's genuinely what happened. Right, yeah. I Like, really, they never showed multiplayer gameplay. There was really nothing in the game that they showed and wasn't in it or anything like that. Or kind of. I mean, there's like, some specific things, but you're, you start nitpicking. Exactly. But like, it, there were features and stuff where he specifically said they existed and that's they true, didn't. True. But like, the way he talked about the game was all, it's all Peter Molyneux talk where it's like, oh yeah, it's just amazing. And, and you know, you look up at the sky and you're seeing the atmosphere and it changes depending on what elements are in the atmosphere. And it's like, well, none of that's actually true. Yeah, but he he's explaining vision of the world, not what it actually is. Yes, yeah. I don't that know. It's not. I'm not saying it's. I'm not. It's a good nature. I'm not trying to of... justify the fact that he yeah. lied, which he did lie. Uh, I'm just saying I I don't think he did it out of malice. Right. I don't think that he, he was couldn't like, help himself. <laughs> I don't think he was saying like oh, I'm gonna get all these sales. Uh, but but boy, he fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so so that that this. seems kind of good natured. Star Citizen, on the other hand does feel like the snake oil salesman on the corner who's got yeah. like uh behind this curtain i have the most amazing uh thing you've ever seen please put your money in the pot and i can unveil the curtain and show you i mean i and meanwhile I there's nothing behind the curtain yet and you gotta make it first i don't know there's nothing it's there's nothing I think yet it's too i think it's two-sided because you've got i think chris roberts and his team are genuinely passionate about trying to create a game that's never been created before this really, really ambitious project but and i don't think that they have very many doubts about doing it like i think that maybe they're too ambitious but i think they're actually trying to do what they say they're trying to do but along the way they are totally milking it for everything they can and Absolutely. that is not they're not doing it out of the goodness of their hearts to create a better game. They're doing it because they can make as much money as they can off of, as I said in my article, rubes. Uh, the only people who could possibly... Patsies. They have a $15,000 thing, which is like your, your, your best value is $15,000. You get like all the ships and shit. That's, that's what they've determined is the Even best value for everything all in one. That's, that's all your content. You don't mean fifteen hundred. Um, you mean you, don't, you mean fifteen thousand. Fifteen thousand. Fifteen thousand dollars. Yes. Okay. Um. Five digits. That. They have a five thousand. You know. 000, okay. Fifteen thousand collection. I think stuff like Train Simulator. If you look at Train Simulator on Steam, and you put together all the DLC. Oh yeah. And it, it, it racks absurd. up into the what like thousands i think right? yeah something like fifteen thousand, probably but it's yeah. still nowhere near that much it, I, I think it's like four it, digits it, still it doesn't matter because it's a different right, right 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 right. you can figure okay if you're a total obsessive about trains you could maybe justify getting that deep 
into your pockets. Maybe, but I think them. the real, I mean, the real thing about Train Simulator what? is that nobody's buying all those trains. They're buying the ones that they like. I guess so. They're spending $30 on three trains rather than $3,000 on the 100 trains. Sure, that's they don't true. Need it. I guess my point there is that, like, if you're totally obsessed about something, you can definitely justify spending a lot more on it than you would normally think would make sense. However, they would be getting those trains right then after their purchase. Wow, amazing. I'm just driving the point home. <laughs> I, I don't think, um, I can't start putting together a mental self that could ever justify spending $15,000 on digital ships. Stuff that doesn't I mean, exist. It's not just digital ships. It's digital ships that haven't been made yet. Yeah, they don't even it's... have a rendering of them. They have a an artist representation. Yeah, that's it's it. For a it's game honestly, you can't play it, and you don't know when you'll be able to play it if you'll be able to play it. Honestly, or if it'll be with any good. with no hyperbole, that is insane. That is, yeah. If you do that, that is insane behavior, and you have a problem. And you could argue, you could argue, oh well, you know, fifteen thousand. That's like. The millionaire who's just throwing away his money and like doesn't really care that much about spending that kind of big money, which still is insane because you don't become a billionaire by throwing away your money. But there's other options besides the fifteen thousand that are still absurd, but less absurd. If you want to buy an individual ship, some of those ships cost upwards of five hundred dollars. Honestly, like twenty bucks for a ship, that I would still that consider would be excessive. Think, yeah, yeah. But God, hundreds, thousands? Yeah. What the um, hell? Like, I like there's a it's lot of unbelievable. Over... It's, I cannot believe it. I cannot believe that that works and people do you can, it. You can scroll through their store and there's a good amount of ships that are well over $100, sometimes into the $500 range. Uh, and people are buying them. And I've read on those forums people who've said how much money they've spent on that game. And I bet they brag about exist. it too. I bet they're proud of it. Fucking Jesus think... Christ, these people. I will say most of the time that I see people who spend that kind of money on the game, they're kind of saying, hey, yeah, I'm, I'm in this too, buddy, and, and, and yeah, this is how much money I've spent, and <laughs> I sure hope it's good. <laughs> uh, that's it's, a pretty good, like, that's the essence sad. of Star Citizen. Well, I hope it's good. I sure do hope it's good there. <laughs> uh... But, I mean, you know, that game exists in some form right now. It is playable in a broken state, uh, pre-alpha, whatever you want to call it. But, you know, you can't act like it doesn't exist. It exists, I think, in a similar state to the state near Automata exists in. Because when they did the demo for that at TGS, they actually showed you the menu, like the developer menu, where they picked which level they were yeah. going to show. The console popped up in this demo. Yeah, okay, all right. Then I guess they weren't trying to conceal it or anything. They didn't want to be no, I mean, unnecessarily they, they, no, harsh it was, on them. No, I mean, they were, they, were, they were very obviously playing the demo live, and there were okay, a right. good amount of issues with it. Um, there was one part during the sandstorm. I don't follow Star Citizen closely enough to talk. I'm just fascinated so. by it. I can't stop. There was one part during the uh, sandstorm where <laughs> the guy they he was he was running for cover from the sandstorm and he ran inside this derelict ship and he kept looking in the direction the wind was blowing and didn't. I mean, this lasted for like a minute, minute and a half, 
and he was just looking in that one direction the whole time. And he'd kind of move the camera around a little bit, but it's like, what are you hiding? What happens if you look into the sandstorm? Because it, it was just very obvious that he was doing it on purpose. And then he, and then like after it's done, he goes back and the path that he came in on was all destroyed by the sandstorm. And I, I imagine that that was some really terrible looking animation that they hadn't finished <laughs> that they were trying to hide or something, but like stuff like that, where it's like, okay, I, it's a live demo and I'm not saying that that's like an issue that they had these problems. In fact, it's proof that right, it is yeah. a running version of the game, but, uh, and, and they, they showed off like their editing, their level editing stuff. They, it was actually pretty impressive. The amount of stuff they were willing to just be like, Hey, look how we, look how we make this part of the planet where like, they've got the procedural generation, but then on top of that, they can put in custom stuff. And they were showing how easy it is to just like add rocks around a little lake and add a little docking port and then add some crabs and that kind of thing. And um, so, yeah, they, they were just showing off their engine. It exists. That game. I hope has a build. <laughs> I honestly do hope that Star Citizen comes out in three years from now in its final form that it turned out to be a very disciplined product that didn't overreach and that executed on its core and that was solid all the way through and was unlike any experience you could get anywhere else and all that delivered on all its promises satisfied everybody but I think if you think that's likely then your eyes are closed yeah I, I think um, I think what's most likely is it's going to continue to be more and more ambitious as it goes along and yep. they're going to try to pack in so many features that the game suffers and and becomes bloated and and doesn't really work as a as an experience that's enjoyable in any way and and I think it'll also come out in an early access fashion um as these things tend to do which will be super underwhelming cuz it'll be like features get added on and added on and added on there won't be some big release where everyone's like oh this game's amazing it'll be like this game's okay. Oh, it's getting better, but it's okay. It's getting better, and by the time it reaches any kind of form that they want, like people are already sick of it. Yeah, maybe I'm just a sucker, and I judge people too much on uh, how they present themselves. But Sean Murray, I always, I never got the sense that he was lying to me out of malice or anything. No. Even though he he did lie. Um, he lied. <laughs> he did lie. But I still, I don't think he's like a a bad person or a, a liar. In general, um, yeah. Chris Roberts, I don't know anything about, but I just don't trust him for a lot of reasons, not just the way he is, but uh, the promises he makes, you you have to be inclined not to trust. But um, I just, um, I don't get that earnestness from him that I got from Sean Murray. I don't... Yeah, I don't know. I don't I... see why people really buy into it as much as they do um it's he doesn't feel like he has that magnetic charisma that can make people join cults which is essentially what star yeah, citizen has just become. looks like a dork but yeah exactly it's the, what was uh, that town jamestown what was that where everybody drank Kool-Aid? Well, jamestown's one of them yeah um yeah that i don't know it, i don't i don't distrust the guy necessarily but i i distrust his confidence i think he's a businessman that's how he strikes me like, I, do I, I don't know. I, I, you, the passion that you were describing, and again, I don't follow this as closely as you do, so maybe I'm just talking shit completely. But I, it's he seems like the type to find the the strike 
as they say in uh, stock trading, like when the perfect moment to execute and sell or buy whatever position you're trying to, to maximize your profit. Like it, yeah, it, well, it really seems like to me they're gonna choose stuff. they're gonna choose to early access release at the exact point where selling retail copy of the game makes yeah. sense economic. Like I don't. It seems like that's what it's you. all about at this point. I agree with you. I, I think uh, I think that was obvious pretty much from the beginning where they had the Kickstarter going and it exceeded the goal. And then they started up their own website and said, hey, donate to us directly. Don't go through Kickstarter. And like, it was just like, yeah, yeah. they were obviously milking it for everything it was worth. And they kept setting these stretch goals that like, they still, they're still doing them. They're still doing these stretch goals and they still come out with these absurd amount of ships. Go through their ship list. I'll link it to you and look at how many fucking ships they have. Some of them aren't even for sale yet. Or they maybe seem they like were in the valve past and they aren't anymore. Way. I don't know. Yeah, there's a valve. Like yeah, where, valve like. Well, speaking of valve, Gabe Newell and the Half Life TF2, the like the core games that they made, that was initially the plan, but then they started making billions of dollars on in-game items, and yeah. they had to change their plan because it made sense too. Once Chris Roberts is making tens of millions of dollars, just raking in donations. From stupid, stupid, <laughs> stupid people. Does, I mean, why would you focus on anything besides that? It wouldn't make sense. Yeah. It, I, I, let's move on because you brought okay. it up and, right. you, and you, you, you forced me into a segue. Uh, Valve has started selling sprays in CSGO. You heard about this? You hear about this? I you saw this? your tweet about this, which is Folks. really all I needed, folk. Uh, they, they're charging sprays. I think you get like 50 initially and then pass that if you want every, it's per use. So you like, you buy in like oh, chunks what? of 50. Yeah. So you buy, you spend like however many dollars on 50 sprays and that's how many sprays you can do. Uh, people are flipping out about this. Uh, it, it <laughs> people are real angry and I understand it because it's microtransactions, which I fucking hate and they're nickel and diming you per use. But who the fuck cares about exactly, sprays and right. Counter-Strike? Who the fuck First of all, they've been cares? gone since CS Source. And I didn't miss them. I, I missed them. I, I honestly, I honestly did, did miss them. Because, you know, one of the highlights of any game was to, like, walk around the corner and see an animated GIF gay porno lady. spray. Yeah, Putting yeah. Your tits like this <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah, sure. All that. Uh, and plus, I actually um, I made one. I found this picture of a, uh, a plastic baby doll. That was like had its head smooshed in, so it looked really messed up. And I like, I made different layers of it that like faded in and out and changed positions, and like this starry background that shifted like around. The kind of thing that you and would I see put it up on the wall. Spray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would just, you know, people, I would put it up on the wall, and it was a good time. Put it uh, up on CT spawn and dust yeah. too. And, and plus, people would make their own sprays, and that was a cool part of the game to me, honestly. I guess at the time. They've, this keep in mind, this is back when I was like fourteen, so maybe yeah. it would not be as cool anymore. They've removed. But, they they've removed the ability to make your own anyway. I think they're all yeah, official. Yeah. It's like Overwatch style. I at just, that point, who would buy it? I just. I don't care. I don't know why anyone's remotely surprised when this is the game that has the skin marketplace for guns where people spend $500 for a knife skin. You want to talk about a waste of $500? At least you get a ship. Still, that's that's a third as expensive. <laughs> <laughs> that is... No, it's, 
it's yeah. I, I, uh, but you could buy you could buy like two of the most expensive knife in the. No wait. You could buy you could buy thirty. Of Fifteen thousand. I forgot. Well, I don't know how the, yeah, the, most the zero one is. But uh, yeah, you you left a zero off there. Jesus. But still, you're you're buying something that just buy every so knife in the game twice. The you there you go. Uh, yeah, it's insane. Um, I, I've never bought a skin in my life or felt the need to in Counter Strike, and I certainly won't feel the need to buy a spray. And I don't play the game for either of those reasons. But I guess a lot of people do. I mean, I know that like the the whole skin gun skin marketplace thing was like is people talk about that as if it breathed life into that game like where like the population suddenly increased of people playing that game i don't know if that's true or not but i know a lot of people do care about their fucking gun skins um but yeah i just don't give a shit i i i could not care less what they're charging Definitely. for sprays and skins in csgo that's not why i play the game and i i don't like to tell people how to play their games but that should not be what you're playing Counter-Strike for. And if you are, you are an insane person who needs to check out their priorities and get a girlfriend, man. Get out of your mom's basement and get a girlfriend. That's get, what I have to get say. Get laid, you nerd. That's, that's the advice from Push to Shout this week. Well, thanks for watching and listening to our wisdom. Get laid, everybody. And good night.